Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Will C Blogs podcast. It is your host, your boy, Will Cruz, fully vaccinated, completely tired, arm feels like it's about to fall off, but trying to produce an episode for everybody to listen to. Today's episode is sponsored by absolutely no one, me, myself, and I, aka we're having a solo dolo episode. Initially, we were supposed to have Andrew Parker, a fresh voice on the podcast, but unfortunately, he fell ill in which I hope he has a swift recovery. So yeah, you're kind of stuck with me today. But enough about that. Let's transition into today's topics. Today's first topic, I'm talking about the Last of Us remake and how this could lead to a controversy. Let's go back in time a little bit. 2013. The Last of Us initially launched for the PlayStation 3 basically at the end of its life cycle, which at the time was pretty impressive seeing that the hardware was deemed already old at that point. And that was July of 2013. Now we fast forward into November and boom, PlayStation 4 is available worldwide on store shelves. Unlike the PS5, but whole different conversation. I'm not mad. I'm just trying to remember the good old days. I'm not going to pretend I know everything about the backwards compatibility with PlayStation because I remember PlayStation now being pushed if you wanted to be able to play older PlayStation 3 games on your PlayStation 4. Doesn't make much of a difference because in July of 2014, a couple months down the line, now The Last of Us has a remake that you're able to play on your PlayStation 4. So initial release in 2013, remaster in 2014, and fast forward to 2021 and Sony says, you know what? more money as they remake The Last of Us for the PlayStation 5. Most gamers who got their fill of The Last of Us is probably under the impression of like, why is this a thing? Aside from money, like from a consumer standpoint, why? And I'm here to tell you potentially why. I don't think I have all the answers, but let me connect the dots for you. The Last of Us has become more than just a gaming IP. On an episode of the Will See Blogs podcast, I think it was Yeats and Dabs, me and Amy Campbell discussed the fact that The Last of Us is producing a show, I think it was by HBO, and we were basically discussing the casting and supporting it generally because we don't necessarily know what the end result will be. It could be really good, it could be really bad, or it could be forgettable. Quick reminder, Joel will be played by Pedro Pascal, aka The Mandalorian, and Ellie will be played by Bella Ramsey, who's known most famously for her role in Game of Thrones as that kick-ass child. And whether this show will cause a problem with fans is still up in the air. We already know fandoms are a thing, so if we toss things or change things and alter them in a way people don't like it, mm, not exactly a good sign. So, let's put the pieces of the puzzle together, shall we? PlayStation 5 remake of The Last of Us confirmed. We also know that they're filming The Last of Us as a TV show on HBO. And this begs the question, will Sony face swap Joel and Ellie to match Pedro and Bella, aka their television counterparts? And keep in mind, this breaks the continuity into the sequel, which will surely piss off fans. And now that I think about it, the Spider-Man remaster served as a perfect example of face swapping. It didn't necessarily mess with the story or the performance because everything pretty much was the same aside from a graphical input, but totally unnecessary a thousand percent. Now, I can't speak for the diehard fans because I really don't fall into the category. In fact, I've literally beat The Last of Us earlier this year for the first time ever. 
I played it on the PlayStation 3, did not get very far, skipped on the PlayStation 4 because I didn't really have a PlayStation 4 for long, and decided when I got a PlayStation 5, I will invest the time and complete it. And you know what? I enjoyed my experience. I don't think I had the same love or affinity for it that diehard fans did when they had a chance to play it on launch. So my perspective is a little weird because I just beat the game a couple months ago and I, I don't really see the appeal of a PlayStation 5 remake. I am not the intended audience. If for some reason the remake was gifted to me or if I got it just later along the lines, I'm still sure I'll be fine. As long as the experience and the gameplay and mechanics are similar, I'd be perfectly okay with that. And I'm no business person, I won't pretend I know what they have up their sleeves, but I'm kind of in the middle. Not all change is good, not all change is bad, but this change, this transition, woo, fire. That last transition was mad organic, oh my gosh. Okay, let's talk about the PlayStation Store situation. All right, so if you missed last week's episode one, check it out, two, I love you, three, I spoke about how the PlayStation Store closures impacted PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, and PSP owners. Okay, quick side note, I totally expect someone to tweet me and say I'm a PlayStation fanboy or hater or something based off my last two episodes just being chock full of PlayStation news. I'm sorry they just keep digging themselves in a hole. Not the point, back to the main story. Dude, the situation seems to get worse as a user on Twitter found a CMOS battery issue that can render PlayStation 4s essentially useless. You're probably listening like, wait, who, what, when, where, how, why? And it, it, it's really weird, but a dead CMOS battery results in an error code because it cannot connect to the PlayStation servers, resulting in basically your console being a brick. This isn't a pressing issue for those who build PCs or are tech savvy and are comfortable with opening the console. However, it doesn't help majority of the users who basically refuse to do so, which I totally respect and understand. Digital users like myself deal with this all the time. We, we know about DRM, right? We know we're paying for a license is prevalent on console or PC. It just is what it is. But owners of physical media in reality shouldn't be experiencing this at all. You have the disc, you have the console, you can't play because of a server. That's not how it used to work back in the day, and it shouldn't be how it works now. Now, will Sony fix this? Is this a threat to retro gaming? And I, I don't necessarily know how to answer these questions without rambling, so here I go. Now, will Sony fix this issue? The optimistic pro gamer answer is yes. It doesn't sound hardware focused, it sounds software focused, so this could be potentially patched, saving millions of PlayStation users headaches in the future if a dead CMOS battery happens, or if they can't connect to servers, which would be really dumb because again, nobody wants to spend all this money to have a brick of a console. The better response is, assuming that this is fixable via a software patch, then Sony has the potential to stop this right at its tracks and allow players to enjoy games for years to come. Will they actually do it? I don't know, not an analyst, but logic would say yes to avoid a future headache. But if Sony goes in the opposite direction, this is totally a threat to retro gaming. And you're probably thinking retro gaming is not PlayStation 4, but I'm talking in terms of the future, and those generations who want to be able to play something that they haven't had a chance to play before. And if they can't do it on PlayStation, well, guess what? Emulation is going to be the only route. I mean, I don't know. Sony has the legacy. They have a bigger market share than Microsoft. And quite frankly, they have a ton of exclusives. I just think it'd be really dumb to push potential customers, aka the future, towards emulation. Just seems like a step back. But we got to take a step forward into our next topic. 
Say what you will about my transitions, I don't care. They may sound corny to you, but they are muy fuego to me. <laughs> this last bit of news is Nintendo related, so let's just jump into it. So let's say you're a casual gamer and you're kind of interested in playing Nintendo games, more specifically the Switch, but you're not sure if you need the base model or the light, which, you know, there's a $100 difference, understandable, and if you're just going to be playing by yourself, who needs Joy-Cons? And I have friends who leave their Switch exclusively docked, like in the family room, so they play like couch co-op games or even Super Mario Kart or Super Mario Party, and they just want to be able to take it on the go. Well, maybe it's time to buy a Switch Lite. I don't know. I'm not a Nintendo salesperson. Well, if you're in the market, on May 21st, the Nintendo Switch Lite will be releasing in a blue variant. And man, it is neat. As somebody who just bought a Nintendo Switch Lite in all coral because I thought it was fire, I'm a little jealous. I kind of wish I waited and bought the blue version. Same old bells and whistles, Switch Lite, 200 bucks blue variant, which I'm just reiterating because I... Pretty sure some people thought there was going to be some upgrades, but no, that's not the case. I don't know why this blue variant didn't release on launch. It seems kind of dumb to do it late in the game, but whatever, Nintendo may know something I don't. This is interesting because a couple months back, a friend of mine from college and I had a conversation. He was interested in gaming, but didn't know where to start in which I recommended Nintendo. He did a little research, wasn't sure if he wanted the pro or the original. And I told him to hold off because there was rumors swirling about a Nintendo Switch Pro. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, bro, I am so sorry because I, I didn't necessarily know what was going on, but the rumors still swirl. The rumored Pro would contain 4K visuals, a larger OLED display, and is rumored to cost $399. He didn't care about the price tag, he just wanted the best in line. I don't know if that's happening, but for some reason, this continuously pops on my Twitter feed, which you should follow me at WilseyBlog, selfish plug completed. Fast forward a bit and him and I get in contact with each other because it's just been interesting. Things have changed so much since college, COVID. There's just a ton of different factors. He ended up telling me that he purchased this Switch Lite. He caved and he had the highest of recommendations, which made me go Switch Lite crazy. And I ended up buying the Coral Pink one. I haven't talked to him since, but I know blue is his favorite color as well. And uh, I don't necessarily know if he has any regrets. I mean, I semi do. I know that's silly because it's just a cosmetic thing. But man, that blue just calls to me. <laughs> I'm joking about the semi regret. All right. Listen, my little baby pink switch light is amazing. She's adorable. She plays the games and she's portable. What else could I ask for? I don't need nothing else. I'm sure Nintendo will drop a pro console in the future. I will not be in that market. I'm sure enthusiasts will purchase it as soon as they can. But for me, I'm good. I'm happy where I'm at. But I'm about to be sad in 2.5 seconds because it's time to say goodbye. And that's it for today's episode of the Will C Blogs podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate whether you're downloading, streaming, whether you're checking out Spotify or Apple, whether you're seeing it on launch or 50 weeks later, it doesn't make a difference. You're awesome. Thank you for tuning in. If you could like, subscribe, or just share the podcast with the friends, I would really appreciate that. Even the ratings. I think the ratings are a thing, right? Give me a rating, five star on something or four star. Give me something good. Damn, Jesus Christ. <laughs> As always, thank you so much. I will catch you on the next episode. Continue to be amazing. Spread some love. Play a game or two. And I'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>